Welcome to another edition of Politics Done Right. Today we have a very special guest. Uh, he has a whole lot to talk about. Sixto Wagen is the project director for the BIPOC Arts Network and Fund. Uh, he leads BANF along with a seven-member board uh, steering committee and a nine-member accountability and advisory council made up of a diverse group of artists, curators, scholars, organizational leaders, and foundation partners who guide goals and priorities. Very important work. It's my pleasure to have you on Politics Done Right, Mr. Wigan. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. Thank you so much for, um, for being part of this and, and, and having this conversation with us. Well, I think this is important because uh, it, it is, you know, uh, we, we, we talk about the arts, we talk about all these types of issues and seldom do we see some of the works of the others, if you understand what I mean. So why don't you tell me a little bit about uh, BANF? So it is a multi-year initiative uh, that was uh, founded as part of the Ford Foundation's America's Cultural Treasures Initiative, and uh, which really looked at uh, understanding in the moment of COVID-19 and the social re uh, reckoning uh, resurgence that there is needs in order to address the historical inequities in terms of funding and funding crisis for our communities of color. And, and that not only was this a national initiative, but it, uh, Ford Foundation invited uh, regional uh, foundations to join in and to, to help uh, work on the work and the ideas that we've been talking over many years around equity and funding. And, and Houston Endowment um, stepped up and actually invited a number of other local foundations, including Kinder, Powell Foundation, uh, the Brown Foundation, and the Collins Foundation, in order to join us to, to really explore what it would look like in order to have a an opportunity to address this historical fund like exclusion and create a collective approach that brings um, uh, community leaders into the same room and to actually understand how to create work and support uh, artists and communities of color and help the, the communities of color actually decide how that money should be spent. Um, I'm going to ask you sort of a silly question, but I think for a greater audience, it's a very important question. Are there, we have artists all over the country, all over Houston, all over major cities as well. We take a look on TV and we see several artists um, that would fit the BIPOC qualifications, uh, but generally those are the mega stars, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, many would then ask, is there really, is there really some difference between what BIPOC artists uh, versus the majority experience, uh, because again, you know, perception is a lot different than reality. Well, I, I think that this is also like you bring up multiple, like uh, really important points on multiple levels, and I think that um, when we look on the the national, international level, we can actually identify some some superstars and some uh, some significant people, but the amount of energy and effort that it took them in order to become the superstars in order for them to, to, to recognize the communities of support that it took for them to actually achieve that, that's actually part of what we need to address because we have, um, and like, let, let's just take Houston's Beyonce. I'm like, great, but Beyonce wouldn't be Beyonce if she didn't have the relationship in the, in the churches that actually helped her understand um, music and understand what it meant to be part of a, um, what it meant to be a black musician. And then and, and in that aspect, then building other communities around that and other communities of support. 
So I think that what we also are looking at is it's not just about being a superstar, but how do you actually be an amazing artist within this community? How do you actually do the work that's not just about the music, that's not about a, a commercial aspect, but actually just explore, ex, explores and um, helps you understand how to be you. I'm like, let me just make this a little bit personal in terms of the fact that I grew up um, as a child of immigrants in St. Louis, Missouri, and my parents um, with the Valorias and like, other families actually created the Filipino American um, Society in which I spent much of my um, adolescent years learning Filipino folk dance. And that is not ever gonna be a commercial success but it was a really important grounding in, for me about what it meant to be Filipino-American in a, a, in a community where the majority of the people around me were white. And I think that this is the type of work that we're interested in is not just the, the platinum level success or the international success, but really how do our communities of color come together in order to celebrate being being us and to celebrate being us and and how do new generations recognize that what what does it mean to be uh, black latina uh, like afro latina um, and all of these things simultaneously and utilizing our culture our our music our our visual arts um, our dance our song as a way in order to explore celebrate and and challenge that you know, what I love about that, uh, uh, Mr. Wagan, is, is, is interesting because um, the, cult, the, the multiculturalism that occurs in America uh, within the, let's even say the arts community and watching folks enjoying it all and having a, uh, different groups having different levels of success because of underlying socioeconomic conditions within a country means exactly or, or points exactly in my opinion to the needs of a network like yours in other words let's you, you you pointed out houston houston has a lot of bars houston has a lot of a lot of these other industries that everybody partakes of but if you go to most bars the the under representation of the artists would be prevalent how then does that become equal not equalized but what well, well I, I don't uh, merit meritized equally I think that, you know, there's, uh, I think that that's actually one of the questions that we have, and that's a part of what we're doing in terms of learning and exploration. And I think that one of the things in which um, we are developing this network, not to identify um, what we believe is going to be the ultimate aspects of success. Right. Um, I think that where we need to shift is that what do our communities and what do our artists, what do our like, arts organizations, where are they? what do they think is successful for them and what, what is important for them? Because I think that there's a, a lot of work that's happening, particularly when we look at arts education, when we look at um, uh, the uh, murals and, and, and the interaction, it is a, the value of the one-on-one, -on -one, the value of the small communities is as significant to many of our artists as it is to be putting into the larger bands or the, the bars and the, those spaces. And in fact, some of these spaces in which um, being able to celebrate that in within the communities that, you know, and, and within the parks, within the green spaces, within all the places in which we actually live is perhaps more important than putting it in the places in which uh, we have people who don't understand, who, who are unfamiliar with this and unfamiliar with the histories and unfamiliar with the traditions. 
So how do we build both of these things? How do we make sure that uh, the artists that we and the arts organizations that we're supporting actually help to determine what is important to them and, and make sure that we actually have, you know, that the, it, it's not just about uh, the, the um, like how, how do we make sure that they have the capacities to do what they want to make happen and, and that we get to celebrate our communities right now? I mean, that is important, you know, um, in, uh, you know, you're, you're in a political show and you're going to be on KPFT and Pacifica Network and all these, these things here. But ultimately speaking, we have this term that we use that we say all politics is local. All artistry starts locally. You become a star. You gave an example of Beyonce. She had her genesis in the church. She had a genesis within the Black community. Then she build, built layers around that. But she had, she's one of the rears, rear ones, and it, it may seem not so, but she's one of the rear ones that, were, that was able to uh, grow that onion, the different layers uh, upon her success. And I like, there's another important thing that I think I want everybody to hear out of what you said, because when folks are talking many a times about supporting or having not cutouts but but acknowledging BIPOC, uh, many have a tendency to think what we're looking for is unearned equality, which what you're asking for is equal access to success, not equal success. You want to expand a bit on that? <laughs> All the time, um, exactly. And I think that this is like what we. Uh, this one is actually to address the fact that, for generations, our arts organizations of color um, have not had the same access to, to philanthropy. Have not had the same access to, to funding or even just to capital. And it, and actually, we've had generations that have had to face the fact that our art was never even thought about as art. That that's 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 nice for what you do, but that's actually that's not actually art because art in, in so many generations has been, been defined by this white Western male uh, gaze that only the things that were, were fit into the Museum of Fine Arts or fit into the Whitney became what was actually significant art. And really, what we have been pushing and recognizing is that um, we need to shift what those opportunities are so that uh, there are, that the people who actually need to generate what's important to our communities of color and to, to our artists of color should actually be experts within our artists in our own communities. And, and it doesn't necessarily need to have a, a, a Western academic lens in order to say that this is actually what art is. This is what, what is good is. I mean, let's just say like, like we've seen how the idea of excellence, the, the term of excellence has actually been weaponized against our communities of color. Mm -hmm. We've actually seen that because that um, it's only thought of as local, because it's only thought of as, um, as a, um, a black idiom or like, you know, or a, a Latina idiom that, that, that is never, it's not really excellent. It's not really worth the, the resources because Mariachi is good for for mariachi for, for for those communities, but that's actually not that's not real music. And like, how many times have we heard that? How many times have we actually experienced the fact that our our experiences, our histories, our like in and and our music has been belittled because it's not it's not white white Western enough. And I think that what we are trying to also say is that 
by shifting the dynamics with philanthropy, by actually adding our community uh, leaders into the same space, we actually challenging each other in order to understand how do we really support the work in the way that it needs to be supported? What does that look like? How do we learn from each other in order to do better? And, you know, and, and it's going to take a long time. Let's, let's, we're recognizing that it's amazing that we have $12.4 million for this five-year initiative, but we're going to talk. We're going to yeah. talk about that twelve point five minute. But I, I just love so much of what you said there that I want to expand on it. Sure. Beethoven, Beethoven, okay, mm -hmm. and other types of music. So what's interesting is where the powers that controlled artistry would like to packetize it, as you'd said before, meaning Beethoven, nice, important music, calculated. It has the right, the right cadence, the right thing. Mariachi, reggae, and all these other things. Ah, yeah, that's cool. What has been an equalizer is how we've had BIPOC folks take a violin, play Beethoven, put their spin on it, and make something more amenable to society as it is today. What is great is watching how uh, how other forms of westernized artistry has adopted the artistry of BIPOC, incorporated it, and it then becomes okay. What, what is amazing is that outside of the powers, people themselves are putting all these artistries together. Now what's really needed, as you have been speaking about, is that financial backing. Your thoughts on that, and then let's go into what you are offering. Well, I think that there's um, what what we actually continue to think about is like th this general arts ecosystem in which all of these things need to be supported, and the ways in which that we have um, our um, our artists of color actually reinterpreting, rethinking, like remixing so many of these Western, like you know what we've learned as Western excellent, you know, kind of masters in that aspect, and 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 utilizing, you know, we you look at Kehinde Wiley, you look at like you know like David McGee, who utilized the the ideas of the like the 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 painting masters and actually put um, uh, uh, black faces, black bodies into those spaces and, and 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 twisting in that, and that's amazing. But then we also have other artists who are deeply just recognizing that these are the forms. This is the way that we just need to exist. And how do we actually um, remember, rekindle the relationships to you know, our, our indigenous roots? And how do we actually celebrate that as a moment and, and, and without necessarily having to think about the, the lens of what history has told us as, as excellent? So how do we actually have a combination and a community in which all of these are coming together and, and actually saying, that this is not better than this. In other words, they can stand alone. Absolutely, and that they should. And 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 let's actually have the conversations as to why is this really like why is this radically important? Why is this really important? Why does why does this deserve the same level of engagement and the same level of excitement and resources? But then also, like, can we actually start learning from each other in ways? And it's like. Where does a conversation happen? Where, like, where do we actually break down the, these ideas of, um, I only do my thing, you can do your thing over there. And at, we're actually kind of interested in, also, you're doing something great. How do we celebrate that? How do we, how, how do we all celebrate these things to recognize that we're actually part of this, this larger community and this larger ecosystem within Houston and beyond? You know, Six, so that is, that is endemic, with our, that is actually within us. 
don't you like going to an Italian restaurant or a, or a Jamaican restaurant or a Portuguese restaurant? And you're not asking the Portuguese restaurant not to cook Portuguese. Would you like the difference? There is beauty in differences. Beauty Absolutely. in differences. Now, tell us a little bit about the fund, this fund that you're working with. And I think there's a deadline that you have in October to give away a lot of money to uh, some independents. Talk to us a little bit about that. So, um, so this fund is actually the, the, the first um, round of funding in a multi-year initiative. And, you know, as I said, it, it is a, currently it is $12.4 million over five years um, and that has been invested for foundation and, and Houston Endowment, Kinder, um, Powell, Cullen and Brown foundations. Um, plus, hopefully, so it's 12.4 million plus. This first round of funding is um, $2 million that's gonna go out into our BIPOC communities that are supporting arts organizations and artist collectives um, that using a fiscal sponsor. And the deadline for the application is October 22nd. Um, so it's a really quick turnaround, but it's a pretty easy application in terms of really understanding um, what are you doing and who are you who are you doing and what are your goals for being like for 2022 and and then how do these grants which are going to range from five to fifty thousand dollars how could that actually help you uh, live into your goals and live into your vision of what success might be and um this is an opportunity to for our latino our black our indigenous our asian our middle eastern all of our communities of color in, in houston actually um to utilize this application as an opportunity for recognition, for celebration. And, you know, we, we've even done a few things to help make the, the granting process a little bit easier in terms of some of the, the access is relatively easy, but we also have in language, like in Spanish application guidelines and, um, and worksheets in order to make that happen. And if there are other um, language translations that we need, please just identify for that for us. And then we'll be working with the Alliance of Language of, of Network of Houston in order to help support that translation. Now, uh, Mr. Wigan, tell me again uh, who this grant applies to. So it is for um, the nine county regions of Houston. Um, and uh, so that is Austin, Brazoria, Chambers, Fort Bend, Galveston, Harris, uh, Liberty, uh, Montgomery, and, and Waller. And then it is for uh, nonprofit arts organizations, nonprofit organizations that have a, a, a significant arts and culture component and programming, as well as uh, artist collectives or arts organizations that don't have a nonprofit status, but they can actually go through a fiscal agent in order to be able to apply. Excellent. I always ask this as my last question. It's a tough one. What did I not ask you that you would have liked me to ask you? There's so much to to talk about about this this initiative and this work, um, and I think that what I'm most excited about right now is how the work that we are doing in terms of learning who's doing this, who's learning who's doing this, who has been doing this throughout the nine county region. That is an opportunity for us to celebrate their work, but it's also an opportunity for us to learn from them, learn from what what are they. What are they thinking? What are they doing? Particularly in terms of the pandemic and how they have to respond, and and how we as a as a collective um, uh, philanthropic community leaders, artist leaders, actually can learn from them and learn with them in order to recognize where our resources can go um, 
can be better utilized in the future and how we can actually advocate for our communities in, in, um, in the future and not just recognize that it's, it's not just gonna be about money, but it's about our long-term networks. Mr. Wigan, where can everybody who qualifies fill out that application? Where do they go to fill that application out? They should go to um, houstonbanf.org as our website and all of the information in terms of our guidelines, our application process, and the online uh, um, application are all there. We've done a few um, information sessions uh, that are on our YouTube page. All of that is accessible through our, our website, houstonbanf.org. Sixto Wagen, Project Director for, for BIPOC Arts Network and Fun. Thank you so kindly for having been on Politics Done Right. Thank you so much for the opportunity and thanks for the conversation. We spend a lot of time deconstructing the news, trying to, trying to parse it into a form that everybody can understand. We try to find those little nitpicks where uh, it goes, it flies above the fray, etc. If you really like these videos that we do, I want to ask a big favor. Please go ahead, number one, subscribe to our channel, and number two, please join if you can. Thank you so kindly for watching. Keep watching. Please remember to share. We must populate the entire internet with our progressive message, a message that we know is what most Americans say that they want. So help us please join.